New Missouri basketball coach Dennis Gates has finally hired an assistant coach, and this one is a big deal. It shows that Missouri is definitely not being cheap or messing around with the basketball program right, right now. Plus, JT Daniels, the former Georgia quarterback, set to visit West Virginia today. I want to break down his film from the 2020 Peach Bowl coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And you know what? I was planning on starting with JT Daniels today. Obviously, a lot of Missouri fans would like him to be the next quarterback. But you know what? With Missouri, Dennis Gates hiring their first assistant basketball coach of this era. I think that's the best place to start because this is really a big deal, especially if you listen to where this gentleman came from. Of course, you may know by now, Missouri has hired Charlton Young, also known as C.Y. Young, not to be, of course, confused with the all-time great pitcher Cy Young. Go ahead and make your lame jokes about Cy Young here if you would like. But you know what? Florida State fans, where he came from. Also, Dennis Gates obviously spent several seasons at Florida State as well. Well, if you just listen to Florida State fans online, they're in a bit of panic mode over this hire. And frankly, that's about all I need to know. If Florida State fans are upset that we've got this guy, that's probably a really good sign that he's a good coach. But then you look at his recruiting history, and it gets even more optimistic, at least for me, this guy is, he recruited to Florida State the guy who's a possible NBA Rookie of the Year right now, Scotty Barnes. Not only that, you've also, you're talking about Dwayne Bacon, Malik Beasley, Terrence Mann, Devin Vessel, Patrick Williams, and again, Scotty Barnes is probably the biggest name on there. But if you're an NBA fan, you certainly know the name Terrence Mann, Malik Beasley, among others. So some really, really good talent there being recruited by Mr. Young, Coach Young. So, And also, the fact that Missouri willing to pay him $600,000 per season annually, making him one of the top paid assistants in the country. Now, certainly there are some more assistants who are higher paid, but it's not a long list. So to me, this shows that Missouri is very, very serious, not only about basketball, but it shows that the program and Dennis Gates more specifically were extremely serious about getting Charlton Young as as Gates' top assistant. And again, obviously Gates knows this guy very well. They spent six seasons together at Florida State, and the word on the street is, according to Gabe DeArmond on the Power Mizzou message board, is that several is that Charlton has had several offers over the years in excess of over a half a million dollars, but he decided to stick around with Leonard Hamilton for all these years. And I think a lot of Seminole fans were hoping, hey, maybe this guy's like John Shire at Duke, and maybe he's the head coach in waiting. Well, apparently, 
this was a too good of an offer and being able to be with Kev with Dennis Gates in particular, I almost said Kevin again. What's wrong with me? To be with Dennis Gates seems like a really special opportunity. Obviously, these guys have a good relationship. So to me, this is just all a big positive if you're a Missouri basketball fan right now. By the way, just a little bit more context here on that $600,000 annual salary for Coach Young. Well, Kentucky's top two assistants this past year reportedly made $850,000 and $450,000. So the fact that Missouri's top coach lands right in the middle practically between those two numbers may not be completely coincidental. Again, I think this shows that Missouri is signaling out to people like, hey, guess what? We're tired of sucking at basketball. We're trying to win again. We actually care about this sport. And again, in the SEC with a bunch of schools like Alabama and Auburn, I've brought this up at least once in the past couple weeks. If Alabama and Auburn can be good at basketball, well, why can't Missouri? Because Missouri has by far better basketball history than those two schools. And and until the last few seasons, certainly before Bruce Pearl came on the scene, there just wasn't that much interest in the sport in that state. I mean, really, at Auburn, before Bruce Pearl came along, what did they have to hang their hat on other than the great Charles Barkley? Essentially nothing. So you're telling me that Missouri, if they don't get the right coach, the right assistance in place, the right name, image, and likeness collective infrastructure perhaps yes I understand that's going to have to come outside of the university but my point is there's enough interest in basketball in this area in this state for Missouri to turn it around so you know what this is exactly what the doctor ordered for me I was feeling awfully pessimistic on Tuesday following Kansas's victory the fact that Missouri hadn't really done a whole lot no, no big exciting news since the, the Dennis Gates hire. Well, hiring C.Y. Young along with getting Aiden Shaw from Kansas City, Kansas, from Overland Park area back in the fold. To me, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. And guess what, Mizzou fans, it's time to feel optimistic. It's time to hop on board, get some season tickets because I'm starting to think this whole Dennis Gates thing is going to work out pretty well. Well, because my life is so action-packed and adventure-thrilled, I spent a large portion of my morning watching the 2020 Peach Bowl. Come on, you know that sounds thrilling, right? Well, in all seriousness, that's why I'm here, folks, because I do my due diligence. So, following this film study, do I think JT Daniels, if he happens to sign with Missouri, is he the surefire starter next season? Is he a 2-3 to three win improvement over what Missouri has on the roster now. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you my conclusion and also my reasoning for my thoughts on JT Daniels and the Missouri quarterback situation. Coming up, but first let me tell you about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And not only is it covered in 100% pure chocolate, and they taste great, they're chewy unlike your typical chalky frankly disgusting protein bar. Well, Built Bar's the best of both worlds, as I like to say, because not only are they yummy and chocolatey, well, they're also low-cal, they're high in protein, they're low in sugar, they're low in carbs, so you get 
all the goodness, all the chocolatey goodness you could possibly want, while also getting some good stuff into your body and cutting down on the bad stuff as well. That's a simple equation that works for me, friends. So you know what? Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, use code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Well, honestly, on most days, let's be real. But... You know what? Thanks for telling a friend we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube as well. Hit me with a subscribe there. It's free, and I would surely appreciate you juicing my numbers. But you know what? Again, let's talk some JT Daniels today. As I as I said before, he is going to visit West Virginia starting today. I believe he's going to hang around this weekend in Morgantown. Had a really good visit at Missouri during their spring game by all accounts. But you know what? There's been basically two camps of Missouri fans when it comes to JT Daniels. One thinks, hey, if he's if he comes to Missouri, he's the obvious starter and an obvious upgrade at quarterback. And then there are other people who seem to be a little bit more skeptical and maybe more pro-Brady pro Cook. And I actually fall into the latter camp. I've certainly been a bit of a Daniels skeptic, despite the fact that during the 2020 campaign, I don't know if you remember the the Alabama-Georgia game during the regular season that year, but... That was a fantastic football game down in Tuscaloosa, and it really just felt like the only difference was at the quarterback position. It just felt like Mac Jones, the Bama quarterback at the time, was simply better than Stetson Bennett. And when Daniels took over at the end of the season, it really felt like he added an element that the Bulldogs needed. And I think you saw that against Missouri for sure. That was probably as good as Georgia looked all season was in November of 2020 during that particular season. But you know what? The reason I wanted to go back and actually watch the bowl game from that year is actually twofold because number one, instead of going back to the 2021 season where clearly JT Daniels was hurt and and limited with that oblique injury, even when he played, by all accounts, down in Athens. and So I wanted to have a more fair look at him, a more a look at him when he's physically at his best. Presumably, he'll be over this oblique injury by the fall, right? Hopefully, he's over it by now. But again, let's give him a fair opportunity here. Number two, also, I wanted a close competitive game, unlike the Missouri game, unlike a game where Georgia is dominating the line of scrimmage and giving Daniels five seconds to throw and a clean pocket on virtually every down. So instead, let's see number nine Georgia at the time against number eight Cincinnati. Again, easy to look good when you're dominating the opposition, especially up front, but this was a competitive football game for sure. Now, first of all, let's start with the the positives for Daniels in this ball game, because there were several times where I thought he anticipated throws, especially on on skinny post routes that you do sort of have to anticipate as a quarterback and often zip the ball past the ear of a safety middle linebacker or something like that. So you do have to put the ball on the money and anticipate the throw. And I thought there were a couple times where he threw some nice balls on those particular plays. And certainly, Georgia took some deep shots, some play-action deep shots in this game. 
if he has one on one and you've got you've got some room over the top, well, Daniels has all the arm in the world to get it out there to you. No question about that. He's sort of like Drew Locke in that he can absolutely throw a beautiful deep ball if you give him a clean pocket. But you know what? There was a time, speaking of those deep balls, where he unnecessarily threw a ball into double coverage that he was frankly very fortunate that the ball wasn't intercepted. Now, his decision-making was one thing. I, I still think, you know, you give him a clean pocket, as I've said multiple times here, he's going to look great. The worry for me, and especially if you're a Missouri fan, you got to be honest with yourself, there's no chance that Missouri is going to provide the amount of clean pockets that Georgia was able to during Daniel's time there. So that means that at Missouri, he's going to have to buy time within the pocket, occasionally escape from the pocket, in theory, use his legs to take off and run. But you know what? If you look at Daniel's statistics, there is no rushing ability whatsoever. And certainly that was confirmed in my Peach Bowl watching here. There was not even one time where Daniels even attempted to scramble much less any designed runs on, on a read option or anything like that. So his ability, his leg game is an absolute zero. And in fact, there was at least one time where he actually did make a decent move inside the pocket to avoid initial pressure, but then the, the rusher circles back and Daniels holds on to the ball too long. He ends up getting crushed, fumbles the ball, loses it. You know, another play late in the game where where Georgia is in the red zone. They're trailing the game at this point. Again, Daniels just holds on to the ball too long, gets crushed, fumbles the ball out of bounds 15 yards or so on second down. So Georgia ends up having to settle for a field goal. Again, just the problem is the more you watch that football game, you know, Cincinnati ends up losing the ball game, right? Just, just to re- let's reset here and explain how this game went. Just so you know, Georgia got off to a slow start offensively. Cincinnati ends up leading the ball game fourteen to ten at halftime. First play of the second half, Cincinnati rushes it about eighty-one yards or so for a touchdown. So the first play of the second half, it's now twenty-one to ten. Georgia is trailing. So you might think, well. A a two-score deficit, Daniels brings him back. Well, that means he must have done a lot. But the reality is the Georgia defense had as much to do with that comeback as anything because Cincinnati didn't score the rest of the game and, in fact, could barely pick up a first down for the rest of the game. If anything, it was the Georgia run game that largely brought the Bulldogs back so again, let's continue our JT Daniels film study, and I'll give you my ultimate conclusion about the young man and how interested Missouri should be and how he compares to Brady Cook coming up. But I do want to tell you about our title sponsor, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting and sports info needs. You know what? I told you guys, look out for Bobby Witt Jr., 2.5-1, to 3-1 to one, to actually win the rookie of the year. Well, we're off to a great start, aren't we? The Royals are 1 and 0. He drove in the game 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 deciding run. Let's let's call it that with a double late in the ball game. Hey, congrats to the Cardinals on winning 9 to nothing yesterday too. A nice start if you're a Missouri MLB fan, but regardless if it is Major League Baseball, the NBA, MMA, 
ping pong. They literally have you covered with entertainment props, pro wrestling, anything you could possibly imagine. They have you covered at betonline.net where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen, and thanks for telling a friend. And you know what? While I was expecting to not be impressed with JT Daniels' mobility and his ability to even buy time within the pocket, he did make a play in that game where he steps up in the pocket, flips the ball to a wide-open player. Again, Cincinnati, their defensive coordinator, was obviously unafraid to just blitz Daniels over and over again because not only could he really do much to avoid it, all he could really do is just get the ball out of his hands as quickly as he possibly could. But there were also moments where clearly, including a couple red zone interceptions, well, a near inter- one interception in the first half and then a second ball in the second half that maybe should have been intercepted, had a chance to be, that's for sure, where Daniels was under pressure and frankly panicked a little bit. That first half interception, Georgia has the ball and it's in the Cincinnati red zone He's throwing the ball to George Pickens one-on-one. If you remember Pickens from a couple years ago, he's a heck of a talent. May even be a first-round pick coming up in this coming NFL draft. But Daniels gets a little bit of pressure in his face, throws a ball that either has to be a jump ball to Pickens or a back shoulder throw. The way the the way the, the t- how tight the coverage is, the ball really can't be placed anywhere else. Unfortunately, again. Daniels kind of panics and just throws a ball inside that's that Pickens doesn't expect and a ball that's intercepted by Kobe Bryant, not that Kobe Bryant, obviously, but Kobe with a C Bryant of the Cincinnati Bearcats. But then again, later in the second half, another red zone opportunity, Daniels makes, you know, amazingly for one of the few times actually does make a guy miss another Cincinnati blitzer somehow makes him miss, but then when there's nobody around, he just kind of takes off to his left, jumps up in the air, and throws a very, very inaccurate pass that could have been intercepted in the end zone. To me, this was the most concerning snap of the game for Daniels to me because it seemed like he was a little bit shook after having given up a strip sack in that game, after taking a couple big shots from behind, after trying to buy a little bit of time. Again, he, when he's bought time, there was at least once where he did make a nice flip pass to a wide-open player, but the idea of him scrambling, it just doesn't even seem like it's a possibility. So that's a huge concern to me and remains so, but I have to be honest, just the accuracy and the decision-making concerned me a lot more than I thought it would, and this is why I thought it was valuable to go back during an actual competitive game for Georgia because, frankly, those are few and far between for the Bulldogs for the last few years. So let's see them with an actual opponent instead of an opponent that they're outmatching, especially up front. Now, finally, I'll just say the Bulldogs were incredibly fortunate to win this game as it winded down because, number one, Cincinnati did the thing that drives me absolutely insane. It's something Missouri has done at times over the last few seasons, and that's when you're winning the ball game. You're ostensibly trying to run out the clock as much as you can. Sure, you might need another first down or two, as Cincinnati did, 
But Cincinnati, over and over again, the Bearcats were snapping the ball with 10, 12 seconds on the play clock instead of bleeding it down to one second and snapping it. What in the world are you doing? You possess the ball with two minutes and 50 seconds to go. With a one-point lead, you end up getting a first down. But again, Georgia gets the ball back with 15 seconds left, no timeouts, ball Eventually they have it, I should say. They, they, they take over in their own territory, but no timeouts. They eventually have it with 15 seconds, no timeouts, ball on the Cincinnati 36. There's no way they should even have 15 seconds left. If you just simply snap the ball, as I said, with one second on the play clock, well, the game's over. But instead, you know what? Give Daniels some credit. A bunch of short passes from empty formations that move the chains. Frankly, Georgia maybe should have gone to those empty formations a little bit earlier in the game just to give Daniels a different look against that Bearcat pressure. But you know what? Eventually, Georgia hits a 53-yarder at the buzzer for the victory to win. Daniels kind of did what he had to do on that drive, and I didn't think he was wildly impressive or anything like that. So to me... The ultimate conclusion here is, especially considering I haven't even mentioned Daniel's pretty extensive injury history here, including a torn ACL to go along with that oblique injury that limited him for basically the entire 2021 campaign, to me, Brady Cook is just a safer bet. And I'll tell you, there's just something about the kid, a quiet confidence that I really like that he carries himself with off the field, maybe that intangible factor that you look for in a quarterback. But beyond that, even before I started to to sort of realize this about Cook's personality, going back and watching his bowl game from this past season, the Armed Forces Bowl, where Missouri came up a little short against Army, obviously Cook wasn't perfect in that game, but you know, I just ended up being more impressed with Cook. I really did. So if it were up to me, if I were going to pick one guy to be on the Missouri roster next season, it would be Brady Cook. On the other hand, if JT Daniels wants to come in and compete for the job, hey, I'm all for that. I don't have any problem with that, but the idea that we should hand him the job or anything like that, and maybe that's what you have to do to secure his services for the 2022 campaign, well... I wasn't down for that before this film study, and after actually digging into it and doing my homework, I'm actually even a tiny bit less confident with Daniels than I was before. So feel free to disagree with me if you'd like. Find that Peach Bowl online. Rewatch the Armed Forces Bowl if you would like, and by all means, have your own opinions. But unless you've actually dug in and watched a real game of Daniels, I'm frankly not going to take your opinion all that seriously. So with that said, I'll be back with you next week to talk about everything that comes our way. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Missouri basketball news on assistant coaches, recruiting, still maybe three, as many as seven spots available for the basketball team. But you know what? Until then, make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL corner, Eric Crocker, well, they'll be telling you about the draft every week, including who the Chiefs need to pick with their plethora of picks. So check it out, Locked On NFL Draft, free and available wherever you get your finer podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.